0: All right, let's go. It is a Wednesday edition of the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Look at Connor Pasby in today. What's going on, Connor? How are you? How are we doing, Plank? I'm good. Uh, I have, uh, I'll be honest, this show is absolutely positively overprepared today. I don't know how else to put it. I woke up at, <laughs> this is going to sound like the most hasty thing ever. I woke up at 4.45 a.m. because my stupid rooster wouldn't stop crowing. So I had to go out only to have the idiot attack me and try to go all cockfighting on me back in my chicken run, chicken coop. So, yeah, we're a little overprepared on the program today.
1: I say that's a good thing, though. But I,
0: but I, I do want to be honest. There is one thing that I have avoided purpose. Is it purposely or purposefully? think it's purposefully. There's one thing purposefully that I have avoided. I I haven't listened to what Mike Wilbon said. I've read and I've seen all the reactions on Twitter.com and I've seen the always reliable uh, cell phone taping of a TV segment, which Always looks so good. It's like, what's I do it all the time, too. And I'll sit there and I'll try to be artsy about it. I don't know if you're too young for Seinfeld or not.
1: Oh, no. I've okay. seen it. I've seen but it. But there's
0: the great episode of Seinfeld where he's taping the movie. And then he really gets into it. He's like, I'm going to need three cameras. That's how I am whenever I'm trying to do, say, a cell phone capture of something that's on TV. I'm like, this light needs to be turned off. Some of you all just don't care. It's like, look, look at this. Look at this. So I, I, I want to. I want to hear it in its entirety. So we'll do that coming up at the bottom this hour is what I've planned. That that's at least the plan for now. But we'll see what other things pop up. Um yesterday was Georgia Day at SEC Media Day. Today is Alabama Day. In fact, we may listen in after Nick Saban's opening statement whenever he starts to take questions. I, I'm a fan of opening statements, to be honest with you. I think that you learn a lot. I always have been. I thought I literally thought throughout the Bob Stoops era that you could just leave the presser after his opening statement because he had pretty much answered just about every question. But that's not going to stop
1: anyone (laughs) The the intros are nice if if a coach (laughs) can talk for a long time. If
0: a coach can go for a minute and give you information – Coach Venables is is good at it, I think. But I've noticed at SEC media days, it's become uh, like filibustering. Kirby Smart yesterday it is like, I'm not going to filibuster. And literally, he went on a filibuster. And I I challenged myself just to start here on SEC Media Days. Like I said, we're going to get a little Nick Saban coming up here in a bit. He's speaking as we speak. And I think it would, you know, when you consider Alabama, they're one of the national championship contenders this year, even with a new quarterback and kind of a revamped defense and two new coordinators, Uh, they're still the power. One of the powers in college football, but the ultimate power in the universe is now no longer He-Man; it is Georgia. But but they've been mired in controversy since, gosh, the start of the off season, right? You you have the you have the car crash that takes a life of two members of the Georgia football family, a staffer and a player. You've had multiple incidents of. Speeding and and I don't I don't know if they're street racing or not I, I I don't know, but I challenged myself because I didn't and maybe this is on me maybe y'all knew this and I was just late to the party, I didn't realize how tense it had got between Georgia and the Atlanta Journal Constitution article. And where we were, and it got – Teddy had texted during the show yesterday and said, hey, don't expect Kirby Smart to say anything. And I don't think he said anything yesterday.
1: Uh, yeah, nothing came out now, about
0: now, now, he had a comment on on the program, and he was asked about the problems they've had with guys speeding and things of that nature. But at least from what I found, and I know the, the sleuths on the uh, Meyer Chevrolet text line can always help me out if I missed something at 405-651-3439 because – I felt like I, I expected him to maybe come out all guns blazing, for lack of a more professional way to put it, but it seemed as if he really wasn't. He didn't. He chose, he chose this weekend or this this day, this Tuesday, not to be the day to fight that fight with the Atlanta Journal Constitution because, and I'm gonna start here real quick. Here's here's what I learned. Georgia is not denying that they have a problem with their their traffic issues that like literally they're going M&M eight miles like yeah we got an issue there and we're going to continue to work on it right and they they don't claim to have an answer they don't it doesn't feel like that they're getting anywhere closer to an answer because a guy just got a ticket last week but at the very least they're coming out and saying listen we can't we can't deny that but in the allegations made in this Atlanta Journal Constitution article from a writer named Alan Judd, they are firing back. They have sent a letter demanding a retraction, or, as Sal would put it, traction, from the story that basically laid out eleven allegation uh, allegations of, of assault, misconduct, crimes against women, but then only, only mentioned two players. Now, again, one of those, Adam Anderson, no longer with the team. The other, Jamal Jarrett, went to court, and, and part of the frustration, I think, with this Atlanta Journal-Constitution article, or at least if I could maybe speak for Alan Judd here, part of the weirdness of it was he he based his frustration with the Jamal Jarrett situation that, uh, or maybe excuse me, the Adam Anderson situation that eight players showed up in court to defend him, right? Wow. Yeah. And so that was pulling back a little bit. Uh, and the whole crux of this article in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, it, it really lays out Georgia as a program that is out of control and is not protecting the women on campus because, quote-unquote, players remained with the team after women reported violations, violence against them. So at, at the surface of that, it's salacial, Right. Uh Right. You you said, my gosh, there's 11 incidents. What's going on here? But, but this happens. The internet got a hold of it. Georgia fan got a hold of it and they dug a little deeper and they realized this Alan Judd dude in 1988, he basically was fired from the Louisville journal courier, which I think is the paper because of uh, high school stories he had written that either there they were made-up quotes or there was plagiarization that took place. Uh, so he's in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, also in 1988, had to run a full-page retraction apology for an article that was not uh, properly sourced or cited or just incorrect. So and on three, on three, by the way, just in, again, for Georgia – confessing and admitting they got a problem with their traffic issues, but saying, no, 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 you're not going to pretend like we're a program that's out of control and doesn't care about women and, uh, I don't want to say rewards players, but I maybe for lack of a better term, just turns a blind eye towards violence against women. So they fought back, and the start was chipping away at the integrity of Judd and the the writer of the article, and then the second part, Connor, they sent a 9- page rebuttal to this article nine pages let me tell you something i like to write nine pages and they a lot and they basically they laid out the entire case on three on three took the 11 allegations that are out there or at least most of the situations without context but just said here's here's what's the police report that that's not proper english here's the police report and when you read through him, you're kind of like, that. It's not really how old Alan Judd painted it out to be. So, it's wild because it took some digging, to be honest with you. I'm not going to yeah.
1: lie. It to his uh, past for having some, you know, it's, missed reports.
0: But, but even in, in that, Connor, it took some digging to find the other side of this. You know, you... I I even went on a little Google spree last night. Well, what am I talking about last night? This morning, whenever I started in on this at like 5 a.m., and there's not a lot about the nine-page rebuttal outside of some Georgia websites, right?
1: That's interesting.
0: There's just just not a lot out there. So they're demanding a retraction of this story while not denying traffic issues that they have, but basically coming out and saying, hey, we're, we're obviously an incredible amount of mourning with what happened after the championship celebration. But in that same vein, we're not a program that's out of control with violence against women. And I found this to be fascinating to watch the back and forth because, you know, nothing brings down a program faster than issues in court or issues with out of control players. I mean, let's face it. We've seen it. We know it. We've lived it, right? You, you go. What brought down? You know, think about what's brought down a couple of Auburn programs, right? Issues. Now, some of them with the NCAA, but you know, seemed like they were building something good there for a while. Ding, boom, cheating. Ohio State off the field issues, right? Jim. Now, again, most of these are not of this ilk, right? Those are off the field issues, like catching Al Capone for tax evasion right I mean literally tattoos getting paid for and giving dads the bag but it's usually not something that happens on the field it's usually something that happens off the field and I think Kirby Smart gets that and realize and the Georgia program we got to fight back against this because if if you just read the Atlanta Journal Constitution and you're a parent and your kid's five star and you're like Bro, eleven allegations of this and eleven such—that's situ- not at all 11- eleven level. Ten of the eleven stayed on the team. What is this? What's going on here? What is that culture? So they're fighting back because they know that's their future. And I'm fascinated by this story right now to see who wins.
1: They need to get that fixed, though. I mean, you can't—you can't be doing that, putting lives at risk. Oh, listen,
0: their traffic issues. You're right, con. It's almost as if they're just confessing, like, yeah, we're still working on that. <laughs> It's
1: just, <laughs> two years later, yeah, we're still working. still
0: working. Still working through that. Don't deny that. But I just, I don't know, dude. I, I, I found it to be wild that A, it wasn't addressed yesterday, and B, you know there's, there's a lot more to this. So to basically summarize it, Georgia embraced, well, I don't want to say embraces, except hey, we got traffic issues. But in the allegations by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, they're saying no, 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 that's not the case. Adam, Adam Anderson, Jamal Jarrett, two, two situations, right, that we've, we've understood. Uh, one of them's gone. One of them's still here, right? But these other allegations, you're, you're, it's salacial. And, oh, by the way, the guy who's reporting it is a guy who's been canned before for something like this, being on the wrong side of it. Quite, quite the respond
1: though the nine page paper. I am about to go back and look and see go what, look I can, at it. what I can find. Yeah. Well, it's and by the
0: way, here is the thing. Here is the thing. It's it's not. It's out there, right? But it's just wild how little play I feel like it's got.
1: Yeah, not much people. Yeah,
0: yeah. I. It's funny. It is SEC Media Days, and uh, George Stoy is going to join us from there coming up in forty four minutes from now, and we're going to listen in a bit on Nick Saban when we come back. But y- you would think. That even the, the first takes, the and the interruptions, the, these would be the kind of things that this is the back-to-back national champs who's asking a major, demanding a major publication for a retraction. And it's nowhere outside of the college football bubble.
1: Yeah, you, right? you, you feel like they would grab that and talk about that I on mean, their show.
0: Even the, it, it, let's say that you just follow sports through the aggregators, right? You just follow it through Bleacher Report. You just follow it through OutKick. That find a story and put enough of an opinion on it. There's like, ah, I mean, all they've had is the original accusation. I mean, there really hasn't been to yeah. Clay had something this week about the um, the the fight back by Georgia, but it's just not out there much. So. Fascinating day at SEC Media Days yesterday to see the real lack of buzz around some of the issues off the field for Georgia. You know what else we haven't heard a lot of buzz about? That surprised me. What's that? The rule change this year with the clock. I, I know f-
1: that. I mean, we talked about it for a little bit. I mean, man, yeah. What was it? Early summer? Or yeah. Before that, maybe.
0: I, I was kind of surprised. I mean, in, in all the questions that I've seen so far, I haven't, I haven't seen a coach asked about it. But. Yesterday, they had the meeting with the officials, and they, Brian Kelly got asked a question about how AI is going to help play calling. I'm like, what are we doing, man? Just because it's free doesn't mean that it's going to be the future. That's me being a writer, not wanting it to yeah. take over everything. I don't want an AI voice in here. But it, in all seriousness, it's um, it's, fascin- it's fascinating to see how that's just become a, oh, yeah, we're changing the rules. The clock's only stopping here, and it's not going to stop then. And, and, and every, people are going to forget.
1: I know. I think that's a big thing, too. I mean, it's a little bit compared to NFL, and not no one's well, talking about
0: that. Right, at least for now. We did two months ago, not now. All right, we're going to listen in on Nick Saban when we come back. It's 9-19 on a Wednesday morning. Connor Pasby's in for Josh, who's on vacation. I'm Chris Plank. You're listening to the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. All right, uh, we're going to go to SEC Media Days here in a second, but I like this off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line from the uh, 405. Just say it. ESPN won't dig on an SEC powerhouse like Georgia. No one knows what the truth is yet. Oh, that's so true. So true. We don't know. Uh, we've seen Alan Judd's credibility drag through the mud. We've seen Georgia fire back at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. But it's it's still very much up in the air. Hey, um, let, let's listen to Nick Saban here a little bit. He's talking with the media at SEC Media Days.
2: They have to learn a certain amount to be able to implement the system. So, it doesn't change completely for the players, Um, but I'm really pleased with the two new coordinators that we have. Kevin Steele obviously has been with us before, so he kind of understands the program and the expectation, and, you know, Tommy Reese is one of the brightest young guys I've seen for a long time in this business, so uh, he's been a great addition and and brought a lot of positives to the offensive side of the ball uh, in terms of his ideas. Uh, and how he relates to players, uh, how he presents to players. uh, His energy and enthusiasm on the field has been contagious, uh, and I think I see a great trust uh, in our players with Tommy and what he tries to do from a leadership standpoint on offense. Coach, we'll go in the second straight in front of me, third row. Uh, Good morning, Coach. Uh, Michael Giddens, Warport Auburn.
3: You've been adamant about player accountability as it pertains to their actions both on and off the field. Uh, you had a high-profile suspension in Tony Mitchell. It appears he's been able to re um, to earn reinstatement. Can you talk about what things players can do
2: uh, to regain the trust of the staff after these, these types of incidents off the field? Look, I, I think there's probably some occasion where most of us in this room, including myself, uh, did something in our life uh, that probably wasn't a great choice and a great decision. And we always want to try to create a path for players who have made a mistake to get a second chance, and, but also to help educate them on what they can learn from the poor decision or judgment that they actually made. Uh, and hopefully those things don't affect other people. I think it's much more serious when those things affect other people. And so, hopefully, uh, the penalties that – and the time missed uh, were – and the education received are all going to be beneficial to the learning experience of this young man so that he has an opportunity to uh, get an education, uh, become a better person. Uh, that has a better chance to be successful in life and also can contribute to the team. So um, there's a process that we try to go through when we can give players a second chance. If players continue to make mistakes over and over and over and over and don't seem to learn and make progress, they'll lose the respect of their teammates. And I think that when that occurs, then um, maybe it would be better if the guy was not involved in the program and would take opportunities someplace else. But that hasn't happened with Tony Mitchell.
0: Oh, see, so coach will we'll be... go to the
2: section in the middle on the right-hand side. Go ahead, right here, second row.
0: Hey, Coach uh, Matt Cohen, ao.com. Um, I wanted to ask now that he's back in the conference, kind of what is your relationship with uh, with uh, with uh,
2: with Hugh Freeze, especially now that he's on the other side of the uh, Iron Bowl from you. Well, I've always had a tremendous amount of respect for Hugh Freeze. He's a good friend. Um, I thought he did a great job when he was at Ole Miss. He obviously did a really good job at Liberty, and I'm sure he'll do a very good job uh, at Auburn. So uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for him as a coach, and I think his history uh, as a coach sort of speaks for itself. Uh, He's a good recruiter. Uh, They had really good players at Ole Miss when he was there. And I'm sure they'll do the same thing in this current position. So, look, I'm f- friends with a lot of guys. There's a lot of guys out there that worked for me and did a great job. And, but that doesn't mean that you can't respect them, uh, but you do have to compete against them, and uh, that's part of it. You know, when I play golf, I play with some of my best friends, but they want to beat me and I want to beat them, and that's okay. But when the game is over, you're still friends. And that's the way it will be probably with this. Uh, It's a great rivalry, the Iron Bowl. uh, And being successful in that game usually has some significant impact on uh, the SEC and uh, the West Division. Uh, So it's a game that's really, really important to us uh, to try to continue to be able to do the things that we need to do to be able to have success. And, you know, when we play down there, it's always been challenging. Coach will go
0: There you go. So that's a little big statement. By the way, you threw me off because I thought I was playing that through my computer, oh, and I mommy. didn't realize you are playing it from over there. So I was like, whoa. All right, let's go. You got this. All right. Um, I, interesting that we caught it then, talking about the discipline of players and talking about, you know, obviously the relationship between he and Hugh Freeze, which Hugh Freeze is a guy that, to be real honest, is not always viewed as the most loved guy in College football, so in I, I man, Nick Saban does he give you any strokes? Do you have to play by handicap? I mean, <laughs> how does that, how's that go, coach? They want to beat me, I want to beat them. All right, right now, as it stands, right now, as it stands, Alabama over under in 2023. Are you? I'm, I'm, I'm trying, I thought I had I thought it was 11, 11 and a half. Is it 11 and a half? Okay, so you got the hook on it. I had 11 here. Um, that play's a big part. Gosh. This this right here, collegefootballodds.com, or what is clutchpoints.com, has 10 and a half. But let's, let's say 10 and a half, just for, for argument purposes. Are you on the over right now, or are you on the under?
1: For 10 and a half, I'd probably take over, but that 11 and a half, man, yes. I'd probably have to go below that. If it's I means you, I mean, you got to go 11 and one in regular season, and then get a trip to the SEC championship game, and win a bowl game. Man. I'll take the over ten and a half, though.
0: Non-conference schedule. Uh, obviously, Texas is coming to Tuscaloosa on September 9th. They get Middle Tennessee to open this season. Then they're at South Florida. So, I, I don't know why I'm making this so complex. They open the season against Middle Tennessee State. Then they take on Texas. And then they travel to play South Florida. Which is a weird, weird road trip. it is. yeah. Here we are. And then uh, next to last week in the season is, is Chattanooga. Road games and SEC play. In Starkville, College Station, Lexington, and the Iron Bowl is in Auburn this year. Whew.
1: I want to say they lose at A&M, but I'm not going to say that. I think –
0: <laughs> Do a, you know what's interesting? We spent a lot of time on yesterday's show talking about a 5-7 and seven A&M team. And I, I, found it, I found it interesting whenever I looked at A&M's schedule this year and I thought, that's, that's kind of doable for a and to bounce back you know the, 10 win seasons are few and far between but that Miami matchup isn't probably what we thought it was going to be with Marco, Mario Cristobal still rebuilding but you know, I haven't heard much buzz about them at all this off season they, they do have to go to Knoxville and Baton Rouge have I told you how not in I am on Tennessee right now
1: Oh, you're not, not high on Tennessee? Not, I'm not really I mean, a new quarterback, but he did play in the Orange Bowl. He played in the
0: Orange Bowl, but he was terrible against South Carolina. Yeah. But some would argue, well, yeah, now you you, you saw what he could do with a, a full month of preparation in that Clemson game. He was okay, but, man, I don't know. I, I'm I'm not really buying Tennessee. So, I, basically what I'm saying is you know, where you think, oh, gosh, you got to go to Knoxville October 14th. Like, yeah, eh, we'll see. They have to replace two starting tackles. One of them went to the NFL. I mean, both of them went to the NFL. It's not easy. It's not easy. Could just be a one-year wonder for Tennessee, but we'll see. All right, so, uh, again, we're going to Nashville in about 30 minutes from now. We're going to hear from George Stoya. But when we come back, I told you I didn't listen to it. I've got it queued up. We'll all get outraged together about college football insider Michael Wilbon and his take on Brent Venable's. Comments about Dion and Colorado next, right here on the ref. All right, so I think I saw someone. Maybe it was Burly Boomer who had tweeted the other day. Who are we? Here's a list of who OU Twitter is fighting with or mad at with, mad at now, and he keeps adding someone to it. I feel like it's everybody now. It, it really does. It's all based out of at least with the Texas A&M stuff. It cracks me up. It's like they're scared. I mean, literally. There is, there is no fan base more concerned about what the impact of Oklahoma and Texas coming to the SEC is going to be on them than Texas A&M. They're, they know. They're in trouble. So we'll, we'll get to that fight later on. But as promised, here was what OU Twitter is mad about right now because I, uh, I'm i hearing this for the first time. Brent Venables, Second year BPTI, coach at Oklahoma
4: guys. has taken a shot at Deion Sanders for turning over his entire roster in this, his first year at Colorado. Venables praised himself for giving his holdover players a chance, and then he told OU Nightly Sports, quote, I wasn't a guy like Dion who gave guys a bunch of pink slips. I gave guys 12 months of grace to go to class, live right off the field, and show up with a great urgency and respect for your opportunity, unquote. Now, Oklahoma's gotten rid of 21 players this year. Dion has just 10 players remaining from Colorado's 85 scholarship players last year. Will do Venables' comments make him look better or worse? Well, you're asking me for my
3: opinion on Venables. It makes him look like a sanctimonious college, loudmouth, know-it-all college football coach who doesn't like Dion. And so, let me talk about who I do and don't like. I, you know, Dion's out there. Dion's way out there, like Saturn's rings, with what he's doing in his approach. And I'm gonna root for him as hard, so hard you would think his last name was Will Bond, to beat all these loudmouth, sanctimonious, self-righteous college football coaches who dislike Dion for whatever reasons. I have my own suspicions, and they don't like Dion. They want to take shots at Dion. I am rooting so hard for Dion. He better win, though. Cause Dion's way what? out there. He's way out there. But I'm rooting for him hard. Yeah. I may go and buy season tickets at Colorado to go and sit in the stands and root for Dion to beat people like the loudmouth, sanctimonious Venables.
4: So Venables was six and seven last year, and now he's calling it a grace year. I think that's the first time Oklahoma had a losing record. I believe in. 24 years, and somehow he has set himself up as Mahatma Gandhi. I don't really yeah. understand this. Or Newt here's Rocky, Dion. The one Dion got hired by Colorado after they were one and eleven. I can't imagine that Dion didn't say to the people who were hiring him, "We're flipping everybody out of here. Yeah. We're taking yeah. a new approach. This is how we're going to do it." Now, one and eleven last year. If, if he wins three games this year, that's probably terrific. Venable. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on a second. Hold on, Tony. <laughs> if he wins
0: three games, <laughs> if, if if Deion Sanders wins three games this year, no one is saying that's <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I I have my suspicions. What's he trying to say? Hey, listen. All, all these things, all these things that Deion is doing is different. And everyone is saying this. Brent Venables wasn't being sanctimonious. Brent Venables was being honest. Brent Venables was being honest about what he did and how it's different. And he's he said it a lot. And if anything, I agree, That wasn't a shot. It's the truth. Yeah. It's the truth. I mean, I think Deanna would even tell you, yeah, man, I came here and I ain't going to give anyone a shot. We're going to win. I'm bringing in um, – oh, by the way, by the way, quick pause on that too because I just thought about this. Deion Sanders has a documentary crew following him around everywhere he goes, insists on being called Coach Prime, and Brent Venables is the sanctimonious one? Right, Deion Sanders holds a team meeting where he tells them that they know what he's bringing, and he's bringing Louie, and you're all gone, and Brent Venables is the one who's being sanctimonious? Come on, man. I thought we've we been ve- doing
1: very idiotic by PTI. he's not saying he dislikes Dion. He Venables just handled it a lot different than what Dion did when he arrived on campus. I
0: mean, that's it. And and what do we talk? Go go listen to any station that focuses on talking about college football. Right? We're fascinated by what Colorado is doing because it's in this era pretty much unprecedented, right? I mean, he's basically said, get out get out. The numbers are staggering, right? And I'll tell you right now, it's probably not going to work this first year, but we'll see in the long term If it does work, it's going to be one of the most studied slash, um, intriguing approaches that we've ever seen to be honest with you.
1: Yeah. And here's a good text from the Knibbier Chevrolet text line. This is such a dumb take. BV didn't criticize Dion. All he did was compare the difference in approach. Well,
0: but that's the thing is is it's been consistent. It's it's not new. It's just new to these dopes because they just found something outside of Shohei Otani to talk about. <laughs> yeah, by, by the way, uh it's it's funny. It's funny Brent didn't just say this to oh, OU Knightley. he said it to us. I'm the ref. Yeah. He said it to uh boosters before he's like, listen. There's different approaches, and and he'll even say, "I got no problem with what he did. That's his approach. This is my approach." Pat Narduzzi said the same thing. I've got my suspicions. To me, is Wilbon trying to play the race card? And I don't even. Th- yes, that's right. Um, because Dion didn't cut any players that were you know not of his race or any play Dion, I mean, come on, man, get out of here, Wilbon. That's trash. That is, I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that gets too fired up about. Hot takes, because I know it. Listen, we we, we live in this society where that's what the world is right now. It's hot take TV. It's hot take radio. It's hot take podcast. I mean, Dion was calling out the fake quote that still people will send to me. I bet you at some point today on this Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line- We'll get it. I bet we'll get someone that's like, but did you see what Dion said? And you're like, bro, this this fake.
1: He did not say that, my
0: gosh. So, I, I hadn't heard that, but I don't, like, understand- I don't understand how what Dion is doing isn't some sort of sanctimonious ploy, and how it's something that you would root for over a guy where if you stepped back and looked, what do you want me to tell you what angers some of you fans more than anything? Is to hear how invested Britton Venables is in the personal life and the personal growth of these players. It's like I'm so tired of hearing about soul mission, right? You hear it all the time. These are the things that Britton Venables is uh, Brent Venables is doing. That if if Will knew, which he doesn't, right? No. He's clueless. If if he knew and he saw, it, he'd be like, "Man, it's pretty impressive. That's really cool. That that's incredible. You're giving them life skills. You're doing these things." Dion's pro- Prancing around for a documentary crew—that's what it is. But I—I I mean, hey, let, let, let let's get let's go through some of these so we can put them on the uh, on the prep page here in just a bit. But Kim 405-651-3439. five one three four three nine—that's four zero five six five one three four three nine. I'm just I'm just in a position with that kind of take that it's just it's 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 not even it's not even close to being yeah. on base. Right, it's just that's how I feel about it. Victoria
1: Prime got rid of all these, all those players, so he could bring in his JSU. Players.
0: But no, no, see, that's not even right. That's not even right. No, he brought he brought in, he brought in a few. He no. brought in a few, but so we'll we'll get to the text coming up here in just a bit. We'll get we'll get to the text coming up here in just a bit. For me personally, I, I just there's no accountability, and that's fine. You're supposed to say something that get people all fired up and riled up, and listen, as Oklahoma fans. As I've said many times, I hope there is a day where someone says something stupid and we all just sit it out because they're trolling. In this instance, though, this is a personal attack. This is a personal attack that I guarantee you Michael Wilbon wouldn't make on Brent Venables if he was black. And it's just ridiculous to try to even insinuate that card. BV has done everything right when it comes to trying to build the foundation of this program. Man, we'll bother we'll to dude that right. I've had you know, no problem with
1: growing up. I've always looked up to him, but, man, after hearing that, I kind of <laughs> changed it a little bit.
0: Well, and, and here's the thing. Who knows, who knows if Dion's approach is going to work, right? That's the big question. We'll see. It's fascinating, right? It's absolutely fascinating. It, I think Sean brought this up, and it stayed with me the jackson state approach you can have a couple of really good players and beat teams at that level you've got to have a myriad of talented dudes and i don't know if colorado has that right now and so they're probably going to get their heads kicked in a lot but i just i don't i don't understand the need for that that personal attack like that Unreal.
1: i didn't expect something like that to get on a show like PMT.
0: The sanctimonious coaches. I'm like, bro, what? <laughs> have you have you listened to Dion? Have you followed what he's saying? He's I, And by the way, I want to make this very clear. I got no problem with it. He was hired to run the program how he wants. You do you. That's great. I'm going to be watching Colorado football more than I have since, I don't know, Darian Hagan was running it because they've been irrelevant for the better part of 20 years. But to make this out as if Brent Venables is saying something that isn't true or I don't think Brent's patting himself on the back either. He's like, listen, some people's like, just get rid of them all. I have a different approach. I have a different approach. I didn't go with the Dion approach. I didn't go that – I just – unreal.
1: Didn't expect us to blow up like how it did.
0: Well, I also – you know, so many times these shows don't talk – college football and they don't they don't they barely talk college football after a game day over the weekend so it's not really their strength to be honest with you what their strength is is finding one thing to get everyone outraged and then we'll go clicking like crazy and we're like oh my gosh you see that what he said so in in a lot of ways this works but to me it's it's without a doubt one of the most hypocritical and idiotic things I've ever heard I mean you're trying to call out a coach. For being on a high horse, and you're using support for Dion. I mean,
1: like it's stupid.
0: It's unreal. It's unreal. And oh, by this, you know what? I'm trying to. I hate that the text line is up in front of me. I'm just going to tell you that right now. <laughs> it's blown uh, up. So just we're gonna you're gonna have to minimize it or close it or something. But this one just came in, and and it's so true. From the 405, when the buffs stink it up next year, Dion will blame everyone but himself and his son. It's going to be a sideshow. All right. All right, quick break. Um, George Stoya is going to join us from SEC Media Days. We'll sift through some of the best of the text line coming up. 405-651-3439. Chevrolet text line right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We're headed to Nashville coming up next. Get a couple of these Meyer Chevrolet texts in 405-651-3439. My man Quinn is checked in at Dan Freakin' Pants on Twitter. He writes, I think it's important – if OU Twitter understands that the company Michael Wilbon is employed by works overtime to pit people against others on a regular baseball, uh, regular basis, baseball, who still watches the Randolph and Mortimer show anyway? Uh, do you do you get the Randolph and Mortimer reference? I'm afraid I do not. Trading, Gosh, dang places. it, Trading Places, great movie. Dan Aykroyd and Eddie Murphy. I uh, I
1: love this text from the nine one eight. My favorite part about PTI was Kornheiser somehow twisting himself in a pretzel by saying, Yeah, Colorado going three and nine would be a far better coaching accomplishment by Dion than if Brent won 10
0: games. Yeah, I had to stop listening to it. (laughs) I literally reached that point where I was like, Oh, okay. Um, From the 214, I didn't even know PTI was still on the air. Will Bond reminded me why I stopped watching of 10 years ago. BV, a loudmouth? You need to look in the mirror, Will Bond. Well, Again, I think my problem is they're, they're painting Dion as some sort of victim here. When, it, I mean, he's just going about it a different way, and all these coaches are like, it's not how we do it. You know, we're different. And it's not a shot. It's just, let's see what happens. The whole idea that stating a fact is somehow taking a shot as well. I, you know what? I didn't even bat an eye. Whenever I heard him say that, it was like, I didn't think, oh my God, what a shot at Dion because he's said it so many times. Yeah. Well,
1: he's just saying it how it is. And it's true that Dion got rid of a lot of his guys from the get go and Brent gave it some time.
0: It's a different approach. Uh, (laughs) Sooner fan, a sooner man, 93 media is just bored right now and has to make something out of nothing. I guess. I mean, all right, here's the question. That was a statement that was made a week ago. And it's just now hitting Pardon in the interruption. What does that tell you about your worldwide leader? What does that tell you about your golden goose? You have SEC media days that are currently going on. And Kirby Smart, Kirby Smart, the head coach of the back-to-back national champs, going for three times, three in a row for the first time since... I think they had just invented the forward pass I mean it's it's just it doesn't happen and they're embroiled in a controversy with uh reporting from the Atlanta Journal Constitution they have traffic issues with their team and that's happening you know yesterday t- today you know it's and yet you're going back to a comment from last week a week ago I I, I I don't get it. Do we so not just care about just getting find, things when they happen? <laughs> yeah,
1: just finding content to stir up your show. Are,
0: are we? I mean, are, are are these people on Twitter? Do they follow this stuff? I mean, ESPN was at Big Twelve Media Day. That's when this comment happened. It was uh, what July sixth. Whenever OU met with the media, it, wait, hold on, hold on, I'm, I'm, I'm weak. Pat. It was July thirteenth when OU met with the media, and so on a show five days later, it's like. Hey, we need to get to that. What? We forgot about that. (laughs) What are we even doing right now? It was a week ago. (laughs) Sugar Shane, Uh, Will Bond is just utilizing the art of ruffling feathers. Media is all about creating false narratives. I doubt Will Bond himself believes it. I don't doubt that either. But in that same vein, I don't think you can live like that in the media world. I don't think you can do the old Skip Bayless. Well, Skip Bayless, you know... do not really believe everything he says. Right. Well, then who are you? Are you a character or not? Just be it. <laughs> now we now we got guys wanting Colorado on the non con I see schedule. that. Everyone's wanting Colorado. In Boulder. Let's go. We'll, we'll go there. All right. George Stoya is in Nashville. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll move on, but keep him coming. Uh, great text. 405-651-3439. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Hour one brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, bhfence.com. We're heading to Nashville. SEC Media Days next.